I think that authenticity and transparency is something that I, you know, sort of pride myself on. And that is something that I try to instill in the the people or the brands that I'm working with. Hey guys, welcome back to the Currently Bossing Podcast, powered by the Boss Up Inc. On this podcast, we discuss all things relating to career, social media, influencer marketing, and what it really takes for you to create your mark in today's digital landscape. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, founder and CEO of The Boss Up Inc. Hi, bosses. Welcome back to the Currently Bossing Podcast, powered by The Boss Up Inc., where we help female entrepreneurs and creators bridge the gap between boss life and wellness, ensuring that they become more balanced bosses. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, and today we're chatting with Megan Jones. Megan Jones is a conduit between brand and consumer. With over 15 years of experience in communication and marketing, Megan Jones, aka the Jones Agency, creates dynamic relationships through the art of storytelling via media relations, social media, events, and more. Megan, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have some one-on-one entrepreneurship chat with you. Um, because I know that there are some people who are in the beginning stages who need some advice from someone like you. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm super stoked to talk with you and kind of share my journey. Yes. So I always love to set the scene for our listeners. So tell us a little bit more about you and your career journey. Yeah. Um, well, I'm an, I'm an older millennial, I guess. <laughs> Uh, if you if you want to say that, um, uh, and you know I've been working uh, an actual job since you know I was 13 years old, um, but I think my journey really began back in like 2010 when I was living in Austin. Um, I had just left my job at an acting school and talent agency, and I was producing events um, for a film director out there, um, and. At one of these events uh, for the Texas Media Production Alliance, I had met somebody who was looking to stream um, live content. Um, And it was there that um, I actually produced, directed, and and hosted um, my own TV show for two years. Um, It's very strange being on like local cable network TV, but um, that was a moment. And from there, because of the TV show, we were producing sort of like little events and um, that had sort of started to pick up for me. Um, And it was there that I was like, okay, I want to look for my next my next thing. And I found this um, indie arts company called Raw um, and they were actually an L.A. based company, um, but launching locations, uh, about 12 locations all across the U.S. And so um, I started working with them. I launched their Austin location and then went on to launch Houston and San Antonio. And these were like multifaceted um, art shows consisting of like a visual pop-up art gallery. You would have live music. There was always a fashion runway show. Um, hair and makeup artists, photographers, like you name it, uh, filmmakers, 
you name it, we kind of like showcased uh, the art all in one place. And it was there that I think I really learned that I was actually an artist and a creative and um, how important community was to me. And so I worked with that company for eight years. Um, I They moved me out to LA actually. I started working as their um, director of US events, which essentially meant I was running about 60 locations all across the United States and Canada um, and like booking venues with Live Nation and just really like building relationships. Um, and went on to be their director of strategic partnerships and then eventually running all of their social media channels. Um, and so after eight years, I was like, love y'all. I've loved this journey, but I need to kind of move on. And I dipped my toe into PR. And so um, that was sort of like the next natural evolution for me. I didn't really know um, anything about PR per se, but like, when I was like, oh yeah, this is what I've been doing. I've been relationship building. I've been, you know, having storytelling. I've been having these conversations. Um, and so I did that. I worked with an agency for about three years up until uh, this past January, actually, of 2022, um, and decided to make the leap uh, to go into business for myself, basically. <laughs> um, I knew that I wanted to get back. I think the thing I loved about PR was like that storytelling aspect. Um, and thankfully the agency I was with was a very, we were working with like underrepresented founders and I really loved that. Um, but I wanted to be able to steer more towards creatives, sort of like get back to my roots and working with musicians, working with visual artists, you know, working with filmmakers um, or sort of like anybody that just had a meaningful story to tell and just kind of felt felt stuck. So, yeah, I think because community and storytelling had always been a, a driver for me, um, that's when I knew that I had to kind of like do this on my own. And so I, I, I parted ways with that that company and yeah, for, I guess, like the past eight months now, I've been dipping my toe into that entrepreneurial pool. And uh, it's, it's it was a little cold, a little cold at first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, the water is sort of starting to, to warm up. So yeah, that's kind of like what's led me here to you today. So what's been some of your um, feelings since taking the leap? Like, what was your initial feeling like when you were like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, were you scared? Were you fearful? Like, how did you feel? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I think like naturally I had never, you know, I have always been everybody else's biggest cheerleader. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you know, have always worked typically for small companies, um, building them from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I had it in me because I have helped launch several other brands and companies and uh, people into the world. Um, but, you know, it's like being able to like knowing that, okay, I only have me to rely on now. It, yes. This is, this is all of me. Um, you know, can I do it? I, I don't really know. Um, but I was willing to like take the chance on myself and mm -hmm. yeah. 
I always say that because um, people always ask me, like, what keeps you going in entrepreneurship? I'm like, what keeps me going is that it's only me. Like, if mm-hmm. I don't feel like getting up one day, I feel like not doing anything and not doing work. I mean, it's going to fall on me. I can only rely on myself. I can't. There's no sick days, PTO days. Of course, get your rest. But like, it's only you. So I think that that's like one thing to stand on for sure to keep you going. Um, so you started Jones agency. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little about, a little bit about the start of that, um, what you do, what type of clients you serve, all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So I started out sort of just because PR was like my last, you know, sort of home. Um, I thankfully had, you know, friends and people that were like, oh, I, I need your services. I definitely know somebody who needs your services. And so I started doing um, PR mostly for women of color and again, underrepresented founders. I feel that like I sort of speak that language and that is really also just like a passion of mine and like wanting to use sort of like my voice for good um, to be able to create space for people that don't often, you know, get past the mic, don't often like have the opportunity to be in these rooms or have those conversations. So, um, yeah, so it started out, um, doing PR and it's kind of evolved into what I've kind of like been coining myself as like this creative conduit. Um, I have always considered myself a conduit, like the whole don't talk to strangers thing, like never really rubbed off on me. Um, You could put me in any room with, you know, really, really rich people. Um, I can speak that language. You can kind of put me in a room with anybody and I'm, I'm able to find a way to connect. And so I think from PR, it's kind of evolved into, again, more of that building community storytelling aspect of things that I really love. Um, and whatever way I can help a brand and, um, you know, an entrepreneur, a person, a project, um, in that capacity to help them get to sort of like that next chapter, that next point, it's like, okay, what, what skill set do I have? You know, I've done social media um, for years, both on the strategy side, the implementation. So, yeah, I think it's just kind of like pulling from my community to help, you know, their community is kind of where I've where I've gotten to now. Yes. And uh, I mean, you talk a lot about community and I think that that's really important, especially as a brand to build that community um, and to be able to have those intimate relationships with your followers, customers, all of that good stuff. Um, What would you say is, I guess, like some ways that brands could start to foster community, especially as a newer brand who might still be trying to reach their target audience? Definitely. I think for me, um, and a reason why people work with me is because I'm me. You're not getting any bullshit. I'm not going to like I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to like woo 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 in your ear. Um, I, I think that authenticity and transparency is something that I, you know, sort of pride myself on. And that is something that I try to instill in the, the people or the brands that I'm working with of like, 
get let's get down to the why like why should people care about this why do you care about this and let's build from there and honestly i think that that is sort of like the foundation for where people need to start and once you know you've kind of like sold yourself and you're drinking your own kool-aid then you know it's just going to community is going to sort of latch onto that people are going to resonate with the message that you're trying to get across um and you know people can smell the the, the bs you know they can they can really tell um whether or not you're being like true to yourself and and true to kind of like the message that you're you're sharing so i would say i would say that yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I think that community building is difficult at the beginning, like when you're starting to try, just try to find like your target audience, especially on social where everything is so noisy. Um, mm-hmm. Once you find it, it's just like finding ways to foster it and how can you create more, not just online experiences, but offline experiences with them too, to really grow. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that, I'm, I'm also like a firm believer in like, Ooh, do you have a spicy hot take on something? Like, don't be afraid, like lean into that. Like, don't be afraid to, um, you know, go against the grain and just Mm -hmm. like speak your truth. Like, because somebody's going to agree, you know, like there is, I guarantee you, somebody is going to agree with that spicy hot take. And if not, then it is a catalyst for conversation, like create Mm -hmm. that dialogue. Um, yeah. Yes, no, I definitely agree. Um, especially like you're in a space where there's so much sameness. You see like such so much of the same content. Like people are honestly looking for someone to kind of like break that mold and talk about something new or just talk about what's currently going on, but do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why video content is so huge, right? Because you could tell the same story, but in such a different way through the video. Um mm-hmm. And so I guess like just diving into like just more social trends, um, we've seen a video become such a huge part of our social scape within the past few years. Um, And storytelling is a huge part of that too. So what would you say, um, or how would you say brands should lead on, on social media through storytelling? Like what is the best way for them to do that without coming off salesy or... I don't know, just like disingenuine. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, I think that this also kind of leads into. I've been spending a lot of time on TikTok. <laughs> Too much time. Same. Uh, I'm not really sure. May have a problem, um, <laughs> but I think that something that I've been seeing and, and something that I think is going to be sort of the next evolution in trends. I think. You know, initially when that app launched, people were like, oh, you know, we have short attention spans, only 15 seconds, only, you know, get that, get them quick and that's going to get them hooked. Um, But what I noticed myself and more people sort of latching onto is, is sort of that more short form video, those like two to three minute videos um, of people like okay, it's story time. And I'm like, Ooh, yes, I want to hear your story time. And before I know it, I'm like, Oh, I'm hooked. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. Like this is, I, I, I don't know what I'm in for just yet, but like, you know, eight times out of 10, let's say it's, it's typically paid off. Right. And 
And I think like going back to sort of that, again, being authentic, mm-hmm. um, that's something that is is super key. And, and I liked what you said about, um, right, video, that it's, it's just like a different way to another way to tell a story. And it's because of mm-hmm. that, that storyteller, it's because of yeah. that person that is, whether it's the inflection in their voice or, you know, the, their delivery um, mm-hmm. or just sort of like their observation on what is happening in their own life, mm-hmm. um, I think is, is super interesting. Um, and I think that that's part of, you know, being a, a curious person that it's like, mm-hmm. wow, what made that person say that thing? Or like what mm-hmm. made them get to this point of, of sharing that story? And I think that brands can really just like take a page from that book of like, yes, not only listening to the people, like the people that are buying their product or mm-hmm. you know buying whatever they're selling, but like also looking inwardly of like, who are the people that are, are working for you and why, you know, why are they working for you as a brand um, and as a business? And I think really tapping into that as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, they're the people that are like, again, are drinking your Kool-Aid um, mm-hmm. and are like lost in the business sauce. And so you, you really, I think, want to tap into that and have them share their stories and sort of like their evolution and growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the long tangent way of, of saying like, again, transparency continue mm-hmm. will only help you and authenticity will only help you continue to build that community and, and, and story tell. Yes. I think that um, you made a good point, like looking at the people who already are invested in your company, right? Like not just your followers and your customers, but who's working for you, who's working with you um, and being able to take their narratives and kind of like share more of what it is that they encompass as, you know, people who work with you for you and all of that good stuff too. So that's actually a good point. You never, I feel like sometimes we forget to look inward, like inward of the company. We're always looking for outward or trying to figure out how to capture um, the audience of another brand that we see as a competitor, but really we have all the answers already. It's just how we use that to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about, you know, just the way that, I've built my business. It's, Mm -hmm. it hasn't been a lot of like, you know, me advertising or, you know, putting money spend into Instagram to like get new people. It's been like my sphere of influence. I've had to look Mm -hmm. inwardly of like, okay, who do I know that I can share my message with that's going to help me, you know, get that new client. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that, brands can like take a page from, from that. Absolutely. And, and to not devalue the, the influence of word of mouth, because yeah. that's so much how, how my business has grown, just like my clients vouching for me and like getting other people to um, just like feed into like what I am all about. So yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And I guess on that spectrum, 2023 is literally around a corner. I can't believe that we're <laughs> I literally looked up. I was like, oh, I can't wait till summer. Like, and now summer's almost over. So <laughs> I guess like as a brand who's preparing for 2023, so many brands are, are already working on their fall 2023. 
um, product lines and things like that. Um, what do you think is coming down the pipeline, just like for social, for marketing in general? Any predictions yeah. you have? Yeah. Um, again, I think the sort of how I was talking about TikTok and short form video, I think that the video is going to obviously continue to like crush mm -hmm. it. Um, you need to get involved in that in whatever capacity. And again, it's going to be that shorter form, you know, mm -hmm. the, the three minute, whatever, uh, sort of mark. Um, also I think short form audio, you know, mm. during the height of, um, quarantine clubhouse was like, um, you know, kicking and like everybody, also, you know, I mean, podcasts have like continued to be on the rise. Um, and there was an app that I came across recently called solve and it's S O L V V solve with two V's, no E, um, that is sort of this like short form audio that is a little bit like, I think crisper than clubhouse because, you know, not everybody has hours and hours and hours just to dedicate to potentially being past the mic. Um, and from what I've noticed, like this app has sort of like centered the opportunity for um, everyone to sort of like get a chance at that. Um, something I've also been seeing that I think is going to um, start to like kick off more live streaming. I've seen so many more people on TikTok um, specifically, obviously like, you know, the gate, like Twitch and things like that have been, that's sort of like in the gaming community. But, um, I think that like Instagram, you try to like go live with people. And I, I think that again, that was something that we kind of latched onto during the height of quarantine because we were just like in need of like, you know, content and like this sort of sense of community or feeling like, oh, um, of belonging. But again, live streaming, I've been noticing so much more on TikTok. Um, people just like, for whatever it is, like, you know, a lot of it has either been like, oh, dating, um, like, let me rate your profile or like, come on and let's talk about this. Or um, I've also been seeing a lot of like different types of coaches just like getting on there and taking questions. And I think it's just like a better way to, to really be able to engage with your audience. Um, and I think brands are just going to continue to pour more money into social. Um, I think that ad spend on, on all of the platforms is just going to continue to increase. So making sure that you are where your audience is, you know, whether that's, I think gone are the days of having to be on every single social media platform. Um, mostly cause oof, it's time consuming and like, it's nobody a has lot to be on all these platforms. And like some of, some of the time it doesn't even, that's not even where your target audience is, but I think exactly. that brands need to, latch on to that like you don't have to be on snapchat I, come on <laughs> i recently actually went back on snapchat for, mm -hmm. for whatever reason because i think my phone was like oh you need to update and i was like do i even have snapchat anymore i didn't even realize mm -hmm. 
and they are like still putting out content and like still I Snapchat is heavy it's heavy but it's just it's like it goes back to Snapchat being one of the first pioneers leading video right like that was our Instagram stories years ago Mm -hmm. um and now they're pouring so much into their creator fund um to where they're trying to get people back on the platform but you know now that you have Instagram and TikTok where people kind of are naturally gravitating towards it's just like they're continuously trying to be innovative in that way but um brands don't have to be on every platform like you said um it's just dependent on what type of content you're putting out, what type of messaging you're putting out, and uh, the, your target audience. So yeah. I think it's interesting that you say that. Um, and those are the predictions for 2023, which is crazy that that's around the corner. But we have to start preparing now because we have to stay ahead of the curve, especially as a new brand, right? Mm-hmm. So what would you say has been the most rewarding part about running your agency so far? Um, what are some things that you've learned? still learning, especially as a new entrepreneur, share all the details. Yeah. Um, I think like the most rewarding thing it has been, it's not even been like any sort of like client thing or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Like that's been great. And I've been lucky to work with some really amazing people and continue to do so. But I think the most rewarding thing has been the, way my relationship with work has changed for myself. Um, something, and I, I feel like this kind of goes against maybe the entrepreneurial, like, you know, uh, guide that is given to you or that like is on the internet. But when I started, um, out at the beginning of the year, I was like, I Mondays and Fridays, are for me. Those are open. I'm not going to take any meetings. I will still do work on those days, but I need Monday to like get into the day, get myself situated, catch up on, you know, emails that have come in, clear out all the junk, etc. And then Fridays I want to leave for like tying up loose ends, getting anything over to clients as far as deliverables are concerned. And Uh, If I want to like kick off, uh, you know, half a day on Friday, it's like, cool, I can because I don't have anything, you know, necessarily on my calendar. So I think, again, being that older millennial coming from like grind culture, right? Like you need to be hustling, you need to be doing, you need to be this. And like, not to say that there aren't those moments being an entrepreneur, right? Because like, it'll, it's all on me. Um, But I wanted to, when I, when I told myself that this was something I was going to do, it was like, I need to have that balance. I need to, I need to change my relationship with the way that, you know, um, I deal with work. And so I think that that's been really huge for me that like, you know, I don't have to have this like fancy title and like, yes, it's like founder and CEO or whatever you want to say, but like, that is not it for me. It is like, do I get to work with cool people? Do I get to do cool shit? Am I getting paid enough to pay my bills and live the the life that I want? Yes. Then great. Then that is enough for me. Um, And so, yeah, I think that that has kind of been like the interesting, um, 
the interesting thing that I've kind of like pulled away from mm-hmm. um, the, you know, my accomplishment, if you will, or like the thing that I was like. No, I, I think that that's great. And I, I feel like over time, um, I started to feel the same way. It was like, I was on this high of, okay, grind, grind, grind. Like I have to get this many clients. I have to have this much money in it now I'm kind of in this space where I'm just like I just really value my mental health and if I want to take a wellness Friday I'm going to take a wellness Friday um if I want to start my morning off a little bit slower on a Monday just so I can like ease into the work week I'm going to do that and if I need to set digital boundaries then I'm going to do that too because um I think that especially having your own agency right like you have clients and like you're in communication with them throughout the week. And sometimes there's something pressing that comes up and sometimes they want to shoot you a text. Sometimes they want to shoot you an email, want you to read it right away, but it's just a setting those digital boundaries and making sure that you're taking care of yourself and prioritizing what you need to get done and getting to get done for them and um, being able to pour into your business and into yourself in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that was and again, I think that being that I like skew a little older, I'm, I'm turning 40 this year. So oh, I, yes. <laughs> so I think that, you know, also the fact that like this milestone sort of like mm-hmm. birthday for myself, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I want to be entering this next phase of my life? Yes. Um, and so I think that that was something that I also really considered um, mm-hmm. when kind of like creating these, you know, again, boundaries for myself or creating this sort of like space for me to like be the next version of myself. Um, I would also say that find people who, you know, it's not cheap or easy necessarily to launch a business, but like find people that like can do things. For instance, my website, getting mm-hmm. that like up and going or getting like, oh. you know, Google integrated into all the things. Mm-hmm. My God, the time I spent. Tell um, me about it. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> you can like, I don't know if it's going on Fiverr or like mm-hmm. finding people that you trust, but like you need help in those spaces. Sometimes you can't take on all of those things by yourself. So. Yeah, it's like knowing when to outsource. Um, I I read Atomic Habits. I think this was in that book, but it was just saying how, um, or it was another book. It was just saying how you should just know what your strengths are. Um, your zone of genius is what they said. And although I probably can put together my website, it's gonna take me longer than someone who is actually a literal expert and who does this for a living to do it. So outsource so that you can put forth that effort into other areas of your business is definitely something that I've learned the hard way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Do you have um just like a set morning routine that you like to follow or just like some practice practices that help you ease into your work um, flow? Yeah. Um so I am a big um proponent of having a slow morning. Um I I think that like if I feel rushed to have to 
be somewhere or do something like I'm not going to be like my best self. And so I try as often as I can to have a slow morning. And I think what that looks like for me is, um, you know, waking up just sort of naturally. I try not to, I do have an alarm, like just in case. Um, but it's typically set much later. I, I try to just like wake up naturally. Um, I have two dogs and so they definitely <laughs> are like, Hey, what's up? They will um, definitely do it. They, yes, they are like, mom, it's time. Um, <laughs> so I get up, um, I put some coffee on, I mm -hmm. go for a walk with my dogs in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, I come back in, I have my morning cup of coffee. Typically I'm going over at that point, I'm trying to do some morning reading, whether that's mm -hmm. like, like hitting up Twitter, like what's what happened overnight. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. Like making sure, um, you know, I'm on top of that. Also, like, um, I like I have a subscription to the LA Times. So mm -hmm. I, I try to like, okay, what's going on in my own, you know, world. Um, and then I've subscribed to like umpteen different newsletters. So I yes. try to like, get through those um, to just like get caught up. Um, and then like, I have a stupid little game on my phone where like, I'm like, okay, um, just a little bit of nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm ready to like, okay, let's get into the inbox now. Let's get into email. And I, I actually try to keep, um, like I don't, when I'm reading all these things, I haven't cracked open my laptop at this point. Like I have yes. my iPad for that because mm -hmm. I will get sucked into emails um, or things that are going to like throw me off course from, mm -hmm. from the day. So, yeah. No, that's important. I think that um, the days when I wake up and I'm diving into emails or I'm diving into work, I feel so rushed and I feel heavy. I feel like I I didn't go into the day um, with that flows flow or that ease. And I know that, you know, all days are different, but sometimes you just need that one thing that you need to just do um, to help your day flow a little bit better. And I think being able to do that definitely does make a difference. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think like alternatively, you know, there are days where um, I love just sort of like rolling out my mat and like putting on some tunes, um, mm -hmm. doing some stretches and just like having a like a moment to myself of like, mm -hmm. okay, um, I'm in, I'm present, you know, here with myself, I'm present in my body and like, knowing that I've at least had that once uh, during the day, I think usually helps me for sure. No, I definitely agree. And I, it's good that you share that, especially as a, an, an entrepreneur um, who, you know, sometimes entrepreneurship is glamorized to be like this whole thing. And we know we've seen it on TikTok and on Instagram, but you know, not every day is different, but um, mental health and wellness is definitely something that is recurring that we need to continue to pour into. Absolutely. A thousand percent. So when it comes to women who are wanting to take the leap into entrepreneurship, maybe they feel like they don't have enough experience or they're just nervous about what that path will look like. What advice do you have to share from your journey? Yeah, I would say, um, 
again, I'm going to hook it back into community, um, mm -hmm. developing um, a robust network. Um, I think connecting with other women entrepreneurs has been very key to my success, but honestly, mm -hmm. like dipping back into your sphere of influence, it's kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, something that I did was I just created a little templatized message. And, and when I sent it to each of these people, I sort of individualized it after that because, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I, you know, we've either worked together in this capacity or like, Hey, you're my best friend of 20 years. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> like help me out. Um, yeah. and it's like, you would be surprised, um, like how far that will get you. Um, mm -hmm. honestly, I think that, um, it was, it was a little, I had some hesitation at first. If for some reason in my head, I was like, oh no, it'll be easier if I just sort of like, you know, reach out to brands or people directly and, mm -hmm. you know, as whatever, I think, because honestly, it's a little bit more personal, right? And it becomes yeah. a little bit more real mm -hmm. when you're reaching out to people who actually know you. But mm -hmm. Man, those are going to be, you know, they're already your bigger supporters in life. So why yeah. wouldn't they be your biggest supporters in business? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think building that community, connecting with other like-minded individuals, um, even if it's just to have a place to be like, woo, has anyone else gone through this? Like, I just no, need a moment. Seriously. You know? Yeah. Just having someone who is able to relate to you in that way is, is important. And you know, I love my family. I love my best friends. But, you know, having someone in that space who has gone through some of the things you've gone through really does make a difference. Of course, you have your core who, you know, your family, your friends um, who help to remind you of who you are and keep you grounded. But then you need like those other like friends in the space who are able to say like, yes, I've been through this let me advise you on what to do, or I'm currently going through the same things. Let's both look for resources to help each other out. And it takes the pressure off of you of feeling like you have to go through this journey alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think something else that I have been, I got a lot more comfortable with um, when I worked for my last agency that I kind of brought into um, this journey. And again, I kind of feel like it goes against potentially, uh, entrepreneurial stories that are shared, but you know, they work hard, but like be comfortable saying no. Um, I think when potentially a lot of people are starting out, you know, again, right. You're coming in into your journey at, at different phases, whether that's like you're starting from scratch or maybe you've been working a full-time job and like you've been working freelance on the sides, so you already have a base, whatever it is, be comfortable saying no, because time is money. Your time is valuable. Um, in, you know, my line of work, right. Being that it's like customer service based, essentially like my time is like what I'm selling. Um, and that is me again, right. It's just me. Um, but also, yeah, it's kind of like knowing your worth or knowing your value. And I know sometimes, right. You're like, well, shit, I gotta like, I gotta get paid. I need money. I need to like pay them bills. But at the end of the day, it's honestly just not going to be worth it. 
And so I think, you know, being comfortable saying no um, is something that is like, has been worth its weight in gold for me, honestly. Um, and yeah, I would, I would share like definitely times where you, you definitely need to say yes, maybe, <laughs> but, yeah. but being okay with saying no, I think is, has been good for me. Yeah. I think it's just like knowing that all money is not good money. Um, like yes. you do not have to say yes to every job. Um, I think that in my, in my beginning stages, I was like, Oh, I got to get this many clients because I have to make this much money because I need to make rent. And yeah. um, it was very, that whole thing was very humbling for me because then you end up taking work and you're just like, I'm not passionate about this. And it shows through your work. Right. And then you end up doing shit work because you're not passionate about it and because you had the wrong motives for it to begin with. Um, and so I think like taking a step back and like realigning with yourself, like, Hey, what, what am I passionate about? What is going to make me feel more driven or more influential? What type of clients will make me feel that way? Um, how can I further align myself with them? So it's important you say that because I think early on as a new entrepreneur, you get caught in that how can I make more money because I have to pay these bills because these bills are not going anywhere, <laughs> especially not in like California or on the East coast in New York. Yep. Um, yeah. It's pretty hefty. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel you. Um, well, what newness is coming down the pipeline for you? Like what should we expect? Um, how do we stay connected with you? Tell us all the things. Yeah. So I think, um, sort of the next evolution I have noticed um, in the vein of like community or working with small creators, mm -hmm. um, you know, not everybody can sort of afford to have a publicist or a social yeah. media strategist or mm -hmm. anybody sort of in that marketing space on retainer for month after month. Um, and so I have started, um, honestly consulting a lot more um, mm -hmm. where I have been able to come in, talk to, you know, said creator, said entrepreneur, said brand and say, okay, you know, where are you at currently and where is it that you're looking to be? And then sort mm -hmm. of like giving them a roadmap to get to that point and setting them mm -hmm. up with the tools and resources they need to, you know, be able to implement it themselves in whatever capacity. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I've been noticing um, that trend in my own work a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, I'm actually working on uh, a series um, myself with some friends called Welcome to the Studio. Um, it, going back to sort of my roots of mm -hmm. being um, a natural like conduit, um, mm -hmm. I, in one of the many lives that I've led, um, I have emceed and hosted probably close to about a thousand events. Um, wow. on top of, um, it's it's something that I love. Like when I hit the stage, it's like I sort of like black out, and then I come off the stage, and I'm like, okay, just, did that happen? <laughs> Cause like, how did I kinda, it go? <laughs> yeah, how did it go? Great. Good. Um, I kind of just, you know, not necessarily become a, a different person, but I, I get into this, this zone and yeah. something that I really loved about that. Again, connecting with people, finding out their story, mm -hmm. finding out what makes them tick specifically with creators and like 
how do you, how did that, how did you make that? Like, how did you create that? Where did that concept come from? And so um, whether that's a musician or a photographer or a fashion designer, like whatever, um, yeah. I have always been very curious sort of about that process and learning about like what makes them tick. And so mm -hmm. I've just like had this concept for a while and um, have been like squirreling away some things um, to be able to talk and, and share that, you know, the creator's journey with people. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's something that 2023, uh, 2023 we'll see uh, from me. But yeah, just um, actually going to, you can follow me online, Instagram, mm -hmm. Maggie P. Jones is my personal uh, Instagram, but agency.jones um, or agencyjones.com um, is where you can find out, you know, more of my professional things as well as LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'll keep things uh, posted there. Well, Megan, I'm so happy that we were able to chat with you today, and I'm excited to see the new projects you have coming down the pipeline. I feel like sometimes, no matter how far away we get from like the core of like you know, like your MCing and things like that, it comes back full circle, right? Like it always does. And so, I'm excited to see that side of you. Um, and so, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show and just like sharing all of these gems with us. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. It was so good to talk to you. And like, yeah, just fun to kind of like peel back the layers and, and find out again, you're not alone in this world, right? We're not alone. So um, it feels good. Thank you so much. If you're not already, be sure to follow us over on Instagram at currently bossing and the boss of Inc. If you love our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your rating helps us to reach other bosses like you who are ready to level up and reach their truest potential. Tune in every Monday for our newest podcast episodes. We'll talk to you then. Bye.